Welcome back in, Brady Parker Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Changing things up today. Uh, usually, Tom Karen of Nesson with us on a Wednesday, but today with us on a Tuesday for a rarity this week. TC, how are you? Doing well, Brady. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. I want to switch things up because usually I have, you know, eight Red Sox questions, and it leaves us little time for the Bruins. Let's go in reverse today. Uh, The Bruins are rolling. They played a Martin Luther King Jr. Day matinee yesterday and rolled the Flyers 6-0. Look, I've been in Patriots mode. I've been in UVM basketball mode. I've been following the Bruins and Celtics a little lukewarmly for the last few months. Educate me on why this team is not just so good, but one of the best teams in NHL history through, you know, not even 50 games. Yeah, and they are, by the way. I mean, yeah. I, think, I, I don't think people realize just uh, the, the level at which this team is playing. Uh, if they were – I was playing this around a little bit yesterday during the game. If, if they were to go 500 the rest of the season, they'd still finish with 112 points, which would be one of the 10 best seasons in Boston Bruins history. And they've been playing hockey for 98 <laughs> years. And if they go 500 the rest of the year, that's going to be a stunning disappointment, right, after where they played now. They've only got five regulation losses. And, and if you throw in the shootout uh, overtime losses, that's nine total. They're 9-0-0 when they play after a loss. They, we're in January, mid-January, and they have yet to lose back-to-back games. So it is really remarkable what they're doing. They're doing it because up front they've got great depth. David Krejci played his 1,000th game yesterday, mm-hmm. three assists to celebrate that game. Uh, you know, after taking an entire year's sabbatical to be with family and friends and play at home, uh, he's back and it looks like he never left. And and you realize just how badly they missed him last season as that second line center who can just make that second line as effective as the first line. Taylor Hall. Uh, is playing like a guy hell bent to win a cup, uh, and and you know DeBrusque is out right now and will be for a while, but he was playing uh, at a high level. Felino has, I mean, he went toe to toe with Wayne Simmons Saturday night in the first period of that game against the Leafs, uh, and and this is the you know the the homogenized NHL. You're not supposed to have heavyweight bouts, and this thing was as good as anything you saw back in the day. They squared up, they went at each other, two heavyweights. Uh, who've played the game a long time but had never fought each other. If you didn't see that game Saturday night, and listen, I again, I'm still getting skewered on Twitter for saying, <laughs> I feel bad if you wasted your time on these football blowouts because it was 27 nothing when I tweeted that. Uh, that's the classic didn't age very well. <laughs> uh, but that Bruins game Saturday night uh, is as close to a playoff atmosphere in January as you're ever going to see in the NHL. Uh, it left them 11 points clear of Toronto, 10 points clear of any other team in the NHL. Uh, the defense is strong uh, and the goaltending. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with you uh, complaining about the Olmark signing because I thought Swayman was the guy, but I, D- Don Sweeney should do a victory lap, should throw on skates and do a victory lap after his next shutout because we see why. And he's having one of the best, se- he's having his best season ever. And he's having one of the best years of any goalie in the NHL. Are you getting the sense that people are fully appreciating the Bruins season? Because generally bad teams are the ones that are interesting and good teams were kind of just like, let's fast forward to the playoffs and see if they can win the whole thing. We don't always enjoy the moment. Are people enjoying what this team is doing? You think is uh, properly? I don't think they are. I think there's a couple of reasons. A, 
you know, people like you dwell on the negative. And, wow. Uh, you know, but no, you don't actually. But sports radio does, right? I mean, again, <laughs> when, you know, I've done radio over the years. Uh, you, a tough loss is going to light up the phones a lot quicker than a 20-point win for the Celtics, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just the reality of it. I mean, Tatum has his, uh, another insane game yesterday with the 51 points. Uh, it's a, maybe a bigger national story than a local story. We're more interested in Tom Brady. and uh, <laughs> Is he going to retire after a horrible performance last night? But to the Bruins especially, I don't think people are. And, and if you go to it, and this is the other part of it, because of where we are and when we are at this moment in time in Boston, nothing short of a championship uh, is is worthy of the fan base right now, right? Yeah. So I I tweet out some of those numbers yesterday, and the overwhelming response and comments back uh, are, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything if they don't win the cup, you know. So there's already this, yeah, sure they're having a great regular season. They better not blow it in the playoffs because you know mm-hmm. we haven't seen one in in 12 years. So. No, I don't think they are appreciating it. But I'll tell you, on moments like Saturday night, Saturday night I think was a changer for me. That was that was one of the best regular season hockey games I've I've seen in years. Uh, It's on the short list of best regular season games I've ever seen. The the garden was rocking from from the the national anthem. The fight came early in the game and it went nuts. Grizzly scores with a minute, whatever it was, sixteen left, uh, and the crowd. It was just a great hockey game. And then to follow that up. Uh, a stirring win against a really good team with just an absolute blowout yesterday against a bad Flyers team. But but that's, you know, good teams don't always beat up on the bad team. So 6 nothing was the perfect follow-up for that. Is our, You know, as we start getting into trade deadline stuff in the next couple of weeks, are, are there upgrades to be made? Or do you look at it and say, they don't need anything, slash we don't want to mess with what we've got chemistry-wise? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question, and I, I don't know where they go. I think the beauty of this is you really are adding depth, I think, and I, I think even the best teams have to add depth if they can. So, you know, I, it's it's not hard to get a third, fourth-line guy who can help because, you know, Dabrowski is gone for a while, right? It's a reminder how quickly you could lose somebody. Uh, you can always add another defenseman, uh, but even, even if it's a fifth, sixth defenseman, but the, those help. You don't need a goalie. Uh, I think you're pretty well set there. I mean, a, a third string goalie uh, at this point, uh, you could always make a move for. But I, I, I do think you get the other part of it, though. Will Don Sweeney make a move to keep someone from going to Toronto or Tampa Bay? Mm. Right. That's that's where I think you you have the luxury now of not only looking what do we need. Uh, but looking at what could we do not only to make us a little better, but to keep somebody else from getting a little better. And that's what great teams are able to do. Tom Karen over at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. All right, let's get to some Red Sox news. There has been some content over the last couple of days. And the thing that struck me was Scott Boris's comments, I believe yesterday, in which he said basically right away we knew the Red Sox were out on Xander Bogarts. Now, he said – you know, I think they prioritized Devers, and it was a given from the start they were never going to be in on Xander. I wasn't quite buying that. But nonetheless, he thinks that the Red Sox were never a factor for Bogarts. Were you surprised to read that? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I do. The more I read it, the more I thought about it. You know, I think what he's talking about is now this year, you know, again, uh, like Mookie Betts, to me, the the mishandling of it came years earlier, right? Uh, Rip it up last year and give him a – a five, six year deal at short of money. I think you could have gotten that done. I still think they could have gotten that done. Uh, or, 
or two years ago, be proactive and say, listen, you signed a team-friendly deal. Let's add on a couple of years, add more money on the back end. Uh, that's where they, they, I think they messed up. But I think when you look at Scott Morris's comments, you're talking about where they were this winter when deals started flying out at 10, 11 years or north of $300 million. Red Sox were not going to be in on that. And I understand why. I love Xander Bogarts. I think they should have locked him up a year ago and kept him here for the next six years. But I, you know, I could understand from a strictly baseball analytical performance uh, viewpoint, you don't want him here when he's 41. Uh, I don't know if I want any player here when I'm 41. Uh, so that's that, you know, so looking at that, I think Scott Boris is saying once the, the market went to 10 plus years, the Red Sox were not going to do this. You know, fascinating debate I had with Buster Olney last week. And I think he made a very sound argument, but I have a hard time telling someone not to play for their country or honor their heritage. It's probably the smart decision for Jaron Duran not to go to the World Baseball Classic and take the time and actually be in camp. But again, I can't tell a guy not to represent his heritage. Um, it's just an interesting spot Duran is in because I do think he would benefit from being in camp, especially with Yoshida and Verdugo gone. He'd have a ton of opportunity to open the eyes he needs to open. I, I think that is a great point. Uh, I also do think, though, there's something I, I don't like pitchers in the World Baseball Classic because they blow out their arms. And, and we've seen the injuries that come later in the season for WBC pitchers. Uh, I do think there's something to be said. For, for like you said, maybe he could impress you in spring training, but maybe he can impress you in these World Baseball Classic games, right? Maybe he can maybe he can pull the Tristan Casas and use you know the international competition to really elevate his game. So so maybe, but again, how much is he playing? What's his role on that team? We'll see. Uh, but I do think that uh, if you're the player, I can understand saying, listen, if if I'm trying to impress you this spring training, I'm going to do it in games that mean something against pitchers who are throwing their best, uh, not against some guy wearing a number 97 coming out of the Minnesota Twins bullpen. So I, I you know, I, I think it could go both ways for a position player. You mentioned Yoshida, and I'm glad you did because I'm actually kind of – that's the one that I'm more disappointed in because he's yeah. a guy that I want to see get over here and acclimate himself to the, to the American style of baseball, to the organization, different baseballs, everything that goes on when you come over from Japan. Uh, you know, Daisuke Matsuzaka, I am convinced the World Baseball Classic ended his Red Sox career. I mean, that was, hmm. you know, he got the injury, overthrew again. Pitchers are different. Uh, but, but he was never the same after that. Uh, I, I really would have liked to see Yoshida get over here and immerse himself in the Red Sox way. There's been no evidence to suggest that they're going to do this, but they also haven't said that they won't do this. Where do you land on the idea of the Red Sox potentially bringing in Trevor Bauer? Uh, I, you know, again, I, I'm against it. I mean, simple as that. I'm against it. I, I just don't think you need, you need more criticism. Listen, I get it, right? The guy they said, what was his changeup? He said that he's been working on, and it's better than ever. Or I mean, curveball. I forget which pitch. Uh, but and and you know that's a you know from the value point of view you probably get a guy for the minimum who's going to do a lot more than the minimum if he's any good at all. Uh, but man, this team has again. I look at it. I'm not a baseball ops guy. I'm a TV guy, yeah. and this team has been just bludgeoned over the last six months. Do you really want to open that door? And and set yourself up for a round of criticism again. You, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the first I can see Dan Shaughnessy's first column 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, you let guys like Xander Bogarts leave and you bring in guys like this. And I mm-hmm. don't know that that's who you want to be. Outside of Bauer, I'm kind of in the camp of I'm interested in the Red Sox bringing in anybody who's a major league player. So when I read the report yesterday about Jerks and Profar potentially being a target and Elvis Andrews, and I've seen Adam Duvall in the last few days, I'm in favor of all of these guys getting signed, TC. Yeah, so am I. And I, I've said this in the past, right? I said this to you, I, I think we talked about it last week, you know, like trading for Kim, but I would still go get Profar or Iglesias or somebody who can give me more options and more depth. Uh, Duvall, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, defensively, he's good. It would allow you to move Kike into the infield uh, or, or rotate around anyway. Uh, especially now that Trevor Story's out, right? You need uh, more and uh, more more options in the middle infield, and uh, you know. So I like Duval. Uh, two years ago, had a great year. Last year, down. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. But he's a guy with power. They need power. He does strike out, right? But they need power, and uh, he's a plus defender in center field, and they need help out there as well. That would leave Verdugo and Yoshida uh, to stay on the corners, and you can move Kike. Because because we've heard Alex Cora talk about Kike as a shortstop, thinks he can do the job. So if that's going to be the case, you got to get a center fielder. And I don't want it to all be on Duran's shoulders because I don't think he's ready. Tom Karen, Sox and Bruins insider over at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on this rare Tuesday. We'll be back at it with TC again on Wednesday next week. TC, thank you. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate it.